This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. The Dallas Cowboys lost a heartbreak. Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday evening, and the result, the game was even more crushing when you realize how close victory was. The game of inches wasn't in Dallas's favor against Philadelphia, even as the Eagles gifted the Cowboys almost the entire field in penalties late in the fourth quarter with Dallas in desperation mode. Before we dive into today's episode, we'd like to remind you, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search Big B Breakdown. And of course, leave us a comment in the comment section below what you thought about Dallas's performance this past uh, Sunday. Without further ado, let's dive into today's first topic. We're going to take a look at three winners and two losers and the Cowboys' loss to the Eagles in Week 9. Sadie Lamb was unstoppable. Turpin should play over Gallup, and Dak Prescott gave his all on this loss. It was the third loss of the season for the Dallas Cowboys. This one hurt the most. On the road against the one-loss Philadelphia Eagles, the Cowboys had their eyes set on first place. A win would put them just a half game out with the tiebreaker, and fifthly being on a bye in Week 10. They could have taken the top spot with a win next week over the Giants. They weren't able to set that up. Unfortunately, with the Eagles securing a 28-23 victory, even with the loss, there was a lot to take away from this one, both good and bad. That's what we focus on now with the Week 9 Studs and Duds. Starting off with our stud, Devontae Turpin. Last week, Turpin had a huge kick return that helped set the offense up with a short field. He also had a punt return for a touchdown, but that one didn't count as Wright was called for a penalty on the return. This week, he picked up where he left off. Turpin's first return came in the first quarter, and he nearly got the ball to midfield with a 47-yard run back. That drive ended with a touchdown from Jake Ferguson, which tied the game up at 14. He was then on the field for Dallas in a critical situation in the second quarter, facing a third and goal. Dak Prescott threw a pass to Turpin in the end zone. He was able to haul it in for his second receiving touchdown of the year. Turpin even showed off some impressive awareness on the play. After the score, the catch was reviewed on replay since the ball moved after he had his hands on it. Turpin was deemed to have possession since he wisely put his left hand under the ball. Because of that, the officials ruled it a catch, despite the movement. Cowboys dud? Sad to say. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy gets a lot of unfair criticism. While Sean Payton is praised as an amazing coach, McCarthy has a very similar winning percentage. He also won a Super Bowl in 2010, which is more recent than Payton, who won his prior season. 
Having said that, there are some very fair critiques thrown his way. One of those is how bad he can be when it comes to time management. An example of this came in their wild or in their win over the Los Angeles Chargers when McCarthy elected to run the clock down and kick a field goal before the half. Every team owner, Jerry Jones, was less than thrilled with the decision since there was more than enough time to get another playoff. This weekend, McCarthy had a couple of miscues. One was early in the first. On the Eagles' opening drive, they were able to convert a fourth and one from their own side of the field. The problem is, they should have been in a fourth and two. Jalen Hurts was stopped short of the line. The replay showed an incredibly favorable spot for Philly. Had McCarthy challenged, they might have elected to punt. He then wasted far too much time at the end of the game. Dallas was driving in an attempt to steal the win, and McCarthy showed his off- slowed his offense down. Not only was this a mistake since it gave them under a minute for the last-ditch effort, but the hurry-up was getting it done. McCarthy and the Cowboys are far from done, and they might even find a way to beat the Eagles at home when they play in Week 14. But this is one they wanted in the worst way, and McCarthy didn't do enough to secure the victory. Our third stud, Stevie Linnan. There were several players on offense who could have been called a stud on this one, including Jake Ferguson and Jalen Tolbert. They each had a touchdown, came up big in moments. Having said that, there was no steel player who did more for the Cowboys in Week 9 than C.D. Lamb. He came into the game with back-to-back 100-yard games and then made it three in a row. Lamb was on the receiving end of 11 passes and had 191 yards. He even caught a pass late, but there was no one near him to try and pitch the ball to as the other pass catchers seemed to be watching to see if he could pull out a miracle. While Lamb wasn't able to come through on this play, no one would have been able to, honestly. He did show up in some, um, excuse me, in several big moments. The first was on fourth and one on the Cowboys' second drive. Lamb ended up getting wide open for a 29-yard gain, setting up Ferguson for a four-yard touchdown. He was also instrumental on their second touchdown drive. This time, he got a 20-yard pass, third and 14, just a couple of plays before Conte Turpin caught his touchdown. Lamb has developed into a true number one wideout and is one of the best in the game. Sadly, there's no true number two wideout with him able to take advantage of all the attention he commands. Our dud, Terrence Steele. Steele is a great story in the NFL. Undrafted free agent out of Texas Tech, he developed into one of the better offensive linemen in the NFL last season. He was so good, Dallas extended him in the offseason, signing him to a five-year, $86.8 million contract. Problem is, Dallas signed him to that massive deal before seeing how he would recover from a major knee injury. Steele was gone in week 14 last year, and when he had tore his ACL and MCL, hasn't looked the same in 2023. What's most frustrating about this decision is how the Cowboys did the same thing last year with Michael Gallup, also coming off an ACL tear, yet didn't learn from their mistake. This loss stung, and while it's hard to put it on any one player, Steele does deserve a lot of the blame. He had no chance against Josh uh, Sweat or Brandon Graham as he gave up the majority of the five sacks Prescott suffered. And so, Bob Stum pointed out he gave up eight pressures this time this year, for the second time this year. Steele was the one who gave up a sack late in the team's final drive, which forced them to try a final pass from the Philadelphia 27. That was just a couple of plays after they had moved to the six-yard line, and apparently 
and appeared ready for an upset. Our next stud, Dak Prescott. And this is always the case when Dallas loses, someone is going to try and say Dak Prescott choked. While it's true he couldn't get a touchdown at the end, he wasn't the one who lost this game. Prescott did what he's been doing for the past several seasons, carrying this team on his back while they make mistakes. Prescott's only real miscue came when he stepped out of bounds on a two-point conversion, but there were plenty of more blunders that made it to where he had to play perfectly. There was the easy drop from Gallup on 33, the hold on Luke Sh uh, Shoemaker that killed a promising drive in the second half. There was also a missed touchdown from Shoemaker when he didn't get enough, didn't get far enough into the end zone, and Jake Ferguson didn't draw the safety away on his wrap. All of that led to Dallas needing Prescott to pull a rabbit out of his ass. He was given the ball deep in Philadelphia with under one minute to go and no timeouts. Somehow, he was quickly at the Eagles' six-yard line, but then the offensive line gave out. Tyler Smith was hit with a false start. Steele was beat for an 11-yard sack. Despite all the issues, Prescott had 374 yards with three touchdowns, no turnovers. He did enough to win and was an absolute stud on Sunday. So, on to our next topic. We're going to dive into three players who deserve to be benched after this disappointing Week 9 loss. The Dallas Cowboys lost a heartbreaker who filled up the Eagles on Sunday night. The result of the game was even more crushing when you realized how close a victory was. The game of inches wasn't in Dallas's favor against Philadelphia, even as the Eagles gifted the Cowboys almost the entire field and penalties late in the fourth quarter in Dallas in desperation mode. When you break down a game like this, you obviously want to find out what players played the biggest part in losing a divisional game with massive implications and then make necessary changes to the depth chart. Which Cowboys players need to be benched after an inexcusably bad play against the Eagles? So let's take a look at a trio of names that we offer. Number one, Terrence Steele. Wow. Just wow. To, to say that Steele played a bad game against the Eagles would have to be the understatement of the year. I mean, you could argue that if any individual player cost the Cowboys this game, it would be Steele. And that's really a brutal way to look at an entire game, which is played by a team. But take a look at some of these figures. Steele allowed 12 pressures, 7 hurries, and 4 sacks. The pass block rate of 15. That's staggering when you look back at the game and how close it was despite this performance. What was particularly disturbing about this performance is how great the Cowboys' passing game played just about the entire game. But with Philadelphia's pass rush getting home late in the game, Dallas wasn't able to complete the comeback. I don't know exactly what the situation is with Dallas and Steele, at least in terms of outright replacing him, but this type of performance not be tolerated going forward. Number two, Michael Gallup. I think it's clear at this point that the Cowboys need to keep giving more and more snaps to guys like Jalen Tolbert and Kevontae Turpin, as opposed to Michael Gallup. The ineffectiveness when Gallup is on the field has simply gone on too long for the Cowboys. Yes, they're paying him a good amount of money, but when the passing game is rolling like it was for much of the game against Philadelphia, how can this be tolerated? Gallup has just two games this entire season in which he had more than 24 yards receiving. 
Those two games came against the Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots, two of the worst teams in the NFL. And the Cowboys lost that Cardinals game. Things have been getting worse for Gallup since the Chargers game a few weeks back when he had 10 targets and just three total receptions. The production from other guys in the passing game stepped up against Philadelphia, with Tolbert, Cooks, and tight end Ferguson making much more of an impact on the game than Gallup. At some point, the Cowboys are going to have to move on in terms of the snaps they are giving Gallup. Number three, Jordan Lewis. The Cowboys would like to ask for a mulligan on the Kelvin Joseph trade. Please? Please? Can we do that? The 2023 season has not been kind to cornerback Jordan Lewis. The rough year continued against the Eagles, where the Eagles' passing attack seemingly picked on wherever Lewis was at on the field for the Cowboys. Lewis had just one pass breakup in seven games this season. According to pro football reference, Lewis is averaging 12.9 yards per completion, allowed into his coverage, a lot with three touchdowns and a QB rating of 109.5. That final number would be the worst in Lewis's NFL career, up to this point, if it holds up. Quarterbacks are simply too efficient when throwing the ball into Lewis's coverage, and we saw more of that against the Eagles, including against tight end Dallas Goder, which really frustrated Cowboy fans during the game. Perhaps defensive coordinator Dan Quinn will have to get creative here because what is even a, a roster solution for the Cowboys in the slot? Do they need to look to free agency or pluck someone off of another team's practice squad? Or do they just keep hoping it gets better with Jordan Lewis while other teams continue to pick on him? In our next topic, a new angle of Prescott's missing wide open tight end on fourth down going on Cowboys for a very long time. The Cowboys couldn't have asked for more from Dak Prescott on Sunday. He piled numerous A-plus performances in his career. So it speaks volumes so many talking heads calling this arguably the best performance of his career. Prescott proved that he can show up in championship moments, which is something that's followed him throughout his career. While the Cowboys came up short against the Eagles, Prescott put the team on his shoulders throughout the game. He answered the bell on every gotta have a drive, keep Dallas within striking distance in the second half. Another positive takeaway from Prescott's performance is his growing chemistry with tight end Jake Ferguson. The two connected seven times on 10 targets for 91 yards and a touchdown. What's crazy is that the Cowboys might have won the game if Prescott looked Ferguson's way one more time. On fourth and eight, late in the fourth quarter, Prescott overthrew Jalen Tolbert on a curl route. He looked toward the middle of the field. He'll notice a wide-open Ferguson pleading for the ball. Ferguson might find the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown. Prescott hit him in stride. This is haunting. The worst part is Dallas's pass rush actually held up on the play. The Eagles generated a whopping 13 pressures in the fourth quarter line. Prescott wasn't hurried, but he forced the ball to Tilbert after he came off his initial read. If you take a second look at the um, <clears throat> highlight at the three-second mark, you'll see just how much real estate Ferguson had in front of him. Among the leading leaders of the tight end position in yards after the catch for reception, not crazy to think that the 24-year-old finds his way in the end zone needing just 15 yards. We hate to nitpick Prescott after the performance. I mean, 
is the least of Cowboys' concern. But Sunday was a game of inches. Missing Ferguson on this fourth down proved to be costly. The game Dallas lost by five points. Next time, we'll bet on Prescott linking with his new favorite security blanket. Until then, this highlight live on Cowboy fans' nightmares. And now we're going to take a look at the predictions, odds, spread, injuries, and trends for Week 10. After suffering a hard-fought loss to the Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys returned to Jerry World to play the New York Giants on Sunday. Dallas had its two-game winning streak snapped last week in a five-point loss to the Eagles. But they should have met. They should have much better luck against the Giants, who have dropped six out of their past seven games and lost starting quarterback Daniel Jones, who had torn an ACL. Can the Cowboys keep pace with the Eagles in the NFC East? Or will the Giants finally snap a four-game row losing streak? But let's break down this Week 10 matchup give our prediction using odds from DraftKings. Currently, the Giants are 1-4 ATS on the road this season. The under is 7-0 and in the Giants' last seven games. Cowboys are 3-0 ATS at the home this season. Cowboys are 11-0 straight up in their past 11 games. The Giants injury report, we have Daniel Jones out, Tyron Taylor, quarterback, uh, IR, Graham Gano, kicker, IR, Evan Neal is questionable, Corbin running back is questionable, and for the Cowboys, currently it's just Clayton Vanderesh who is on the IR. The, the uh, game time for the Cowboys is 425 Eastern at AT&T Stadium. On Sunday evening, you can catch it on Fox. Giants' current record is two and seven. The Cowboys' record is five and three. Some of the key players to watch for the Giants is Saquon Barkley. Cowboys, it's CD Lamb. And now for our prediction and pick. After coming up short against the Eagles, the Cowboys get a break facing a Giants offense that has struggled to score points this season. 11.2 points per game. DeVito won't change that, even though the Giants allowed him to throw the ball. The last time we saw the Cowboys at home, they dismantled the Rams 43-20. Matthew Stafford under center. 16-point spread is a lot of points to lay in the NFL game, but we've seen Dallas blow out teams at home this season. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. How do you think the Cowboys will do against the Giants at home? Give us your predictions. And now, on to our next topic. The Cowboys have just pulled their typical Jerry Jones move by signing a troubled receiver who hasn't played since 2018. With the Cowboys hoping to improve the offense after Sunday's uh, disappointing loss to the Eagles, Jerry Jones signed a whiteout who hasn't been in the NFL since God's plan by Drake was at the top of the Billboard 100. So sure, why the heck not? In case you didn't miss it, in case you did miss it, Jones and the Cowboys decided to bring in troubled whiteout Artavis Bryant, recently reinstated by Commissioner Roger Goodell for a workout on Tuesday. They didn't take long for the Cowboys front office to put a contract on the table. We're not sure what's more eye-opening. The fact that Bryant is signing with the Downs? <clears throat> or the 
Or that Shams has taken a break from learning with Kay Adams and breaking NBA news to drop this massive update on America's team. Bryant hasn't played in the league since 2018. Early on in his career with the Steelers, no one could question the speedster has a monster potential. He simply could not keep himself out of trouble. 2015, he was suspended for a substance abuse violation. Then he was suspended for the entire 2016 campaign. The 6'4", 210-pounder was then traded to the Raiders, but he was suspended indefinitely in 18. He forgot about Bryant. Hey, no one blames him for that. Now he's back on good terms with Goodell, and he did more than enough during his workout with Dallas to land a second chance. The Dallas wide receiver's room is led by CeeDee Lamb, who's lived up to the hype as a uh, starting receiver, posting 11 receptions and a career-high 191 yards versus the Phillies in Week 9. Other than that, the other uh, receivers haven't gotten the job done for Prescott and company. Enter Bryant. For his career, the newest Cowboy has 145 receptions, 2,183 yards, 17 touchdowns to his name. Bryant is 31 years old, and his best football is behind that. Despite that, Jones is taking a bit of a risk on him. But let's see how this goes, Dallas fans. Give us your thoughts on this new signing. Do you think it's going to work out, or do you think it's going to be a one long, horrible nightmare. And that's all we have for this episode. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered in the comment section below. Is there something we missed? Something we got wrong? Let us know. Of course, if you want to support the channel, go ahead and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash the big D. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Lee. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, New Big D Breakdown, and on Instagram. Just search Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.